Coming to you from Los Angeles, I'm Zwan Yoni, and this is Virusville. This might be my last podcast for this season, for this series, and I just want to say a big thank you to all the news outlets that I got my information from, Vox, um, I got information from CNN, um, Bloomberg here and there. And I really want to say thank you to all of them because they're the ones who make us more informed. And I was just processing that information for a different audience. And I also want to say thank you to all my guests. And I'm going to list them out. Yashar Okach or Ojakli. Sorry, Yashar, if I butchered your name. Luca Harbison. Um, Kian Sutuwala. Zoe Shields, Alder C. Bui, and Bia Carvalho. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, it wouldn't have really been anything if you weren't on it. Um, I had the idea to have people come on my podcast because I listen to Yo, Is This Racist, which is one of my inspirations um, for podcasts. Um, another one called Code Switch, which I really love. And they both have guests and so, oh, and Criminal. Don't forget Criminal. And I really wanted to include a audio from someone other than me to keep it light and keep it interesting because my voice can get boring at times. Um, but thank you for listening. And this is our last show. So today I'm going to be reading obituaries of people who have passed away um, due to the coronavirus. The first obituary I'm going to read is about Mary Lou Armour. On April 3rd, police officers from across Northern California solemnly lined up their vehicles to honor Mary Lou Armour, a police detective in Santa Rosa, who was the first known law enforcement officer in the state to die of complications from the coronavirus. As a helicopter word above, a line of black and whites stretching to the horizon traveled more than 50 miles, escorting a hearse that drove her body from a hospital in Vallejo to a cemetery in Napa. Mary Lou made a difference as a detective and as a person, Santa Rosa Police Chief Rainer Navarro told the Sonoma Index Tribune. She exuded the professionalism and the character that I think every person in our department carries. Law enforcement officers throughout the country have been struck by the virus as they have continued to go to work amid the pandemic. Acknowledging these circumstances, Local officials describe Armour's death as occurring in the line of duty. The detective tested positive for COVID-19 in early March and died on March 31st, leaving behind her husband and daughter. She was 43. Mary Lou was a bright star in this organization, Navarro said in a video statement. Mary Lou was, was always proactive and there with a smile. She was a thoughtful and committed public servant 
who loved helping people and loved the people she worked with. Armour began with the department as a field evidence technician in 1999 and went on to become a sworn officer in 2008. Her latest assignment was working for the city's domestic violence and sexual assault team. She grew up in the San Diego area where she took part in a police department explorer program as a teenager. A a fellow explorer, Alejandra Sotelo Solis, now the mayor of National City, California, recalled Armour as one of the few young women of color who took on a leadership role in the program. In a Facebook post, she described Armour as a true role model and reminded her constituents to please stay home. California Governor Gavin Newsom also praised Armour in a public statement and ordered Capitol flags flown at half-staff in her honor. Amid the current fight against COVID-19, Detective Armour selflessly and courageously served her community and the people of California. He said, we extend our heartfelt condolences to our family, friends, colleagues, and members of the Santa Rosa community as they mourn her loss. Katie Steinmetz. The second obituary I'm going to read is for Maria Teresa de Borbon Parma. Despite being a descendant of Spanish royalty, Maria Teresa de Borbon Parma made a name for herself in her own right, forging a career as an academic and political activist. After studying at the Sorbonne in Paris, she reportedly served as a professor there and at the Universidad Complutense de Madrid and developed a reputation as an outspoken socialist and defender of women's rights. For her views, historian Josep Carles Clemente dubbed her the Red Princess and described her vehement defense of the most needy of democracy. As the daughter of Francisco Javier de Francisco Javier de Borbon Parma, a member of a cadet branch of the Spanish royal family, she also carried on her heritage by supporting Carlism, which advocates an alternative su- succession for the Spanish throne. Members of the Carlist movement claim that Francisco Javier was the legitimate Spanish ruler, and he laid claim to the Spanish crown in 1952, although he was not widely recognized as Spain's ruler. Her brother, Sixto Enrique de Borbon, said she died at age 86 in Paris from COVID-19 in a message posted on Facebook on March 26. Don Sixto Enrique is saddened and asks you to pray for his sister eternal, his a sister's eternal rest. The message said, according to the time translation from the original Spanish. A funeral service was held for her in Paris where she was born. Last but not least, we have renowned transgender activist Lorena Borjas. When the coronavirus infiltrated her beloved New York City, Lorena Borjas sprang to action like she always did. In mid-March, the pillar of the city's trans-Latinx community 
set up a fund to help trans people who had lost their jobs to COVID-19. Yet on March 30th, Borjas, 59, lost her own life to complications from the virus. Lorena was like a mother for many in the transgender community. Baini Garcia, one of many people aided by Borjas over the years, tells Time. She used to help anyone. Borjas has been, had been a prominent community organizer and a health educator for decades working to end human trafficking, which she herself survived, according to the Transgender Law Center. Her community health work included uh, an HIV testing site Borjas set up in her own home and a syringe exchange program for trans women using hormone injections. In 2012, she and activist Chase Strangio, CEO, found co-found co-founded the Lorena Borjas Community Fund, which helped cover bail and pay legal fees for LGBTQ immigrants. Lindley Aguies, 38, legal director of the Transgender Law Center, tells Time she first met Borjas while working for the Sex Workers Project at the Urban Justice Center. At the time, Iguez remembers she was representing two incarcerated transgender women. Borjas just showed up with a much-needed birth certificate for one of the women, pulling it out of the Mary Poppins-style roller bag she always carried with her. You never knew what was in there, Iguez laughed. She's made the world better so, self- so selflessly, so humbly, Without, oft, without often any type of recognition, Iguez added, I think she taught everyone she knew about how to be a better person. Thank you to all my listeners, and thank you to Time for publishing this very nice article um, commemorating people who have passed away. And thank you to um, everybody who works on the front lines and is working to prevent the spread of the virus and and prevent people from dying from COVID-19. Um, we need all the help we can get and stay home and stay safe. That's my final message for you. Stay home and stay safe. Good night.